Seltzer Kings Podcasts. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Listening to the Bradshaw Boys, a podcast where three relatively grown men binge the iconic HBO series Sex and the City. So dust off those DVDs and grab yourself a white wine or even a cosmopolitan and settle in. Take it away, boys. Welcome to the Bradshaw Boys, a podcast where three guys are watching romantic comedies. I'm Corey Cavan. My name is John Sieber. And we are here for part two. Part two. Patreon. Of, of Lucifer Wears Fashion. <laughs> Lucifer Wears Kirkland Signature. <laughs> <laughs> what is another? What's Cthulhu Wears Crocs? <laughs> Dude. Dude. That's that, is a, that is a kid's book that we need to write. Dude, we do need to write that. Yeah. Cthulhu wears Crocs. Cthulhu wears Crocs. I'm wearing Crocs right now. When I had the baby, um, a friend dropped these off and was like, you need some dad Crocs. And Those are I nice wear them uh, in the house. Uh, they're my house like slippers. I have uh, uh, I well, they're indoor outdoors. We, I'm not a, I'm not a fully shoes off house. Okay. Like you guys are. We're full. I respect we, it. We're full. We're mainly fully shoes off now because the baby's crawling around all the time. Yeah, I get that. And we did a lead test, and they're like the guys like oh. you have a ton of lead at, like at the entrance of your house. Like everyone tracks in lead from outside. So yeah. we're like, might as well just be shoes off house. That's totally makes sense. Yeah, I um I this is, this is a podcast on how we keep our homes now. So <laughs> buckle up. Thanks for the Patreon. Movie. Welcome, welcome to the Condo Cast, the Marie Condo Cast. <laughs> we're going to talk about the things that we are that are sparking joy by taking them out of our homes and yes. how we keep our houses. Um. No, I like I like those Crocs. I got some uh, the EVA foam Burks. Okay, nice. It it it's kind of on brand because we're talking about Devil Wears Prada and like Cro I, okay. Crocs. I'm gonna full come in hot. I'm gonna come in real hot. hot right now. When I moved to New York, I was like a Croc wearer. Really? Like I was like they're they're comfortable. I put so much weight into comfort. Like yeah. when I'm deciding what I'm what I'm wearing. Yeah, I've totally. gotten huge fights with my friend Harlan Alfred, friend of the pod. Yep. Because when I fly, I fly comfy. Okay. And when he flies, he dresses up. He comes from that era. Whoa. Yeah. I've got some things about this And I'm too. like, I'm a comfy person yeah. always. And so Crocs are comfy. Yeah. And I got, we have a lot of very fashionable friends. Yeah. We have friends that work in the fashion industry that design clothes. Melina Kemp, like, friend of the pod. Yeah. She, she dressed Kendrick. She never blasted me, but our other friends blasted me for wearing Crocs 10 years ago. Wow. And now. They're so ugly. They're so stupid. They're so dumb. You know who's wearing Crocs? Those people. Those same people. Those freaking little, hypocrites. They put their little pins. And you know what? Like, there's the saying, a broken clock is right twice a day. Yeah. And it's like, that's where I am with fashion. Like, you're you're like, like eight, a Croc wearer is right at least once in their life. Exactly. Yeah. And it's totally. like, like, every nine years, I'm going to be wildly out of place. And then, and then they're going to look at me and be like, oh, he's he's got his shit going on. 
And then as soon as that drops off the next season, I'm staying true to who yeah, I am. You should. Comfy. And I'm going to be out of fashion again. There's a couple things about fashion that are interesting to me like that, uh, which is like, it's cyclical. Mm-hmm. It always comes back, albeit maybe a little bit different. Um, but you know, like skinny jeans, baggy jeans. Like I saw a dude wearing Jinkos the other day. Wow. Like, yeah. They're back back. But you know, like it's cyclical. Um, is that all, all? Is that all that it takes for something to be back? Is for you just to see a random person in New York wearing them? Yeah, and then it's back. Absolutely. Because <laughs> if that's the case, there's so much shit that's back. <laughs> I <laughs> take one lap around Sunset Park, and like <laughs> you'll see some shit that is back. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will say, I worked on this one. Um, I I worked on this one job where um, it was a bunch of young photo kids. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I say kids cause like they're like mid twenties. Yeah. Um, freaking and kids. freaking kids, bro. Um, really cool though. And, uh, and it was like a thing, like I consider myself semi fashionable. Yeah, At course. least I understand. I understand a little bit of what's happening. Uh, I don't fully buy in on stuff super hard, but, um, but you'll rock a Morton salt coat and just like own it. <laughs> heck yeah. Really freaking good in it. Yeah, dude. I appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. I'll rock that yellow coat. But, um, but with them, I was like, oh man, it's back. Like pants were way baggier, like shirts were something that I was like, this looks like a structure shirt from the nineties. Like that version of fashion. It was also funny. There was one dude who was super into car hearts, which are pretty back. Oh might, really? Might even be done now, but, <laughs> but I just caught on, but it was funny. He had like double XL Carhartt stuff. Whoa. He looked really good in it, but we were, sh- we were at a hotel, um, for the shoot and somebody asked him, they were like, um, do you need to get to this one place? And he was like, no, he was like, I'm here for the film shoot. And they were like, oh, I thought you were the maintenance guy. Ooh, like, that probably, that, oh, he probably loved That's like that. badge of honor. Right yeah. There. No kidding. But yeah, I think that like. I, I think like workwear was really bad, mm-hmm. uh, baggy, baggy. So stuff. then what, like what came after like nineties fashion? Like what was late nineties fashion? Like, well, late nineties fashion. I think if you think back to once again, the, the two worst people to have this conversation, the, the worst people like you, what would a good conversation be that we can have? Like probably, probably stuff about like, maybe, I don't know, like, someone that needs to get into being like, I need to incorporate, I need to find a good tax guy. Yeah. We could talk about we how much about, we like our banker. Yeah. We could be like, he's the best. Yeah. Um, actually, I need, up, ben. I need to email Ben back. Yeah. yeah I, ta- ben. I talked to him this morning on the phone. We could um, talk about like interesting conversations we've had with mutual friends. <laughs> totally. <laughs> totally. I, we could have a pretty interesting conversation about podcast boards cause they did yeah. a lot of research to buy ours. Yeah. But fashion, we're not the best people to talk. No, no. However, 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 thanks talking. for listening. Thanks thank you, for listening. Thank you for being a patron. Thank you. <laughs> we're gonna keep going. <laughs> we're we're like uh, tunnelers, you know. We got to just keep going. Yeah, we just got to keep. We digging. got those. We got those lamps on our heads. Yeah, we, we both have a pickaxe. We and uh, we don't know any way out of this tunnel. We're gonna build this subway. We have to. Yeah, we have to. We got to just keep going forward. Anne, Anne Hathaway needs to get to work in sixty years, and if if Corey and I don't build the subway, then she won't be able to. She won't get there. She's she not taking a cab. She's she doesn't not, even know how to hail a cab. She's not one of those cab girls. She wears granny panties. Yeah. Suddenly I see. Suddenly I is that the is that the lyrics? Why the hell?
that means so much to me. Katie Tunstall, is that who sings that song? I don't know. Let's see. Um, anyway. God, That's what, such a funny thought of like, what could we have a really informed discussion about? It is. Here's, here's an interesting question. Yeah. That, and it's like, you get paid a million dollars, but you have to go up on stage in front of a hundred people or a thousand, 10,000 people yeah. and speak for four hours straight with no notes or no preparation. Wow. What do you talk about? <sighs> I think I go full memoir. I think I, I think I just dive into it because I'll say this. I'll say this. I'm I've pretty, never heard anyone say memoir. That's so cheating. It's because it, because yeah. I am. If you're going to filibuster, what do I know? I know my life. And you know, you know, and, your I, life. and I and you know this about me. I can rabbit trail. You have feelings. I got feelings. Yeah. And you oh, can talk about those feelings. You know that are hard. But I think that if I had to really go up, I think I could go into feelings. But I think I go into facts. I, I was I was talking about a podcaster this week. I listened to an interview and he was talking to someone that was like pretty smart about what he was talking about. And it was just crazy to me how the guy doing the interview w just like didn't know a lot of stuff. Like <laughs> they were he's like a, he's like a, he's like a guy that like knows, you know, he like that's a pretty big following. And, yeah. and you know, it, it would be the thing where he was like, Oh yeah. I never saw Beverly Hills cop. And he's like, Oh, did you see any other Eddie Murphy movies? No. no. Seen by him I was like, how did you never see never any see, movie by him? Not even Shrek. Exactly. And, uh, and so, but then it made me realize I was like, you know, you know, there's a saying I'm rabbit trailing right now, by the way. Yeah, I love it. But you know, there's Here a saying it. that's like the people that annoy you the most, it's probably cause you have a lot in common with them. Ah, okay. And so I realized I was like, I do have that jack of all trades thing, yeah. especially in knowledge. Yeah. I got a lot of scratch the surface stuff. <laughs> so I could go up there and I, I could talk about like, Hey, after college, like drove across the country moved out West, lived in Montana for a little Dude, bit, you worked could, in restaurants. You could talk like, about how you would answer that question for four. <laughs> there you go. Well, I, by the time I'd be like, anyway, that brings me to, and they'd be like, that's four hours, that's Mr. Four Kevin, hours. here's your million dollars. Here's your million dollars. And, I think, I think and then I do you it. would spend, you'd be like, okay, but let me just finish. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I'd be angry that I wouldn't be able to finish Hold what on, I was I'll, saying. I'll give you the money back. Just let me, I need to tell you this one other thing. I don't like to be interrupted. Yeah. Okay. We've said this a million times before. I, I feel like I know you so well because you are the exact same person as my wife. Oh, that is true. We yeah. have said that before. You guys are very similar. Um. Okay. We're watching Devil Wears Prada. Part two. Part two. Where'd we um, leave off? We left off with Stanley Tucci doing his Tucci over. Mm -hmm. uh, he just he just gave uh, Andy the the old um, old the old Tucci touch. The old Tucci touch. Not uh, not the not the Tucci <laughs> touch. In Sex in the City, the guy when Carrie uh, essentially kind of does this thing where she works at Vogue magazine. Yeah, that guy. Pulls that guy pants gives, down. That guy gives her. He the, tries to give her the tooch touch. Yeah, he gives her the toochy touch. The, yeah. This is this, this is the, this tooch is the tooch, touch. this is tooch touching her up. Yeah, I'm yeah. gonna give you a little tooch touch. Yeah, a little exactly. tooch touch up. Yeah, yeah, uh, exactly. The tooch touch up. Yeah. yeah, that one was the poochy toochy. <laughs> you don't want that. No, that that guy was the hey cookie. Hey cookie. I hate that guy. Oh man, I hate him so much. Oh, I'm so glad he's not in Devilers Prada. <laughs> Me too. I would, I would hate the movie then. Yeah, you I would. would. Actively dislike the movie. Mm -hmm. Um. Yeah, and Adrian Grenier is like, I don't even. I just can't think of his character without thinking of Steve. He is. He's definitely got some Steve to him. I don't even know for who sure who you are. I don't. What's up with these girls? I don't know about this magazine. <laughs> Andy, hey Andy, I met this the other day. I met this lawyer with red hair. I know we're living together, and I know that you just got out of college, and I'm 48. 
<laughs> but listen, I don't know. I met this. Uh, maybe if we break up, I date this lawyer. Okay. Anyway, I was talking about my boss, Miranda Priestley. Hey, that's your name. Hey, that's your name. Miranda. I want to have a baby with her. <laughs> We're going to have a baby. If we, had, if we had more time than we knew what to do with, we should edit Steve into Devil Wars Prada as oh my gosh. character. Dude. See if we could get a super a super cut going. Dude, I would love that. Um, but we don't have that much time. Anyway, that that's where we're at. Um, we're gonna do part two. If you're following along at home, it's like 36 minutes in. Watch the next 36, 35 minutes. We are yep. gonna come back. Yep. Um, we're gonna talk about the Devil Wars Prada part two. Mm-hmm. We're gonna dissect it, we're gonna put it back together, mm-hmm. and we're gonna tell you why you're wearing chartreuse blue. Because I know. Cerulean blue. That's what I said. Yep, you said. I know why you're wearing. You know why you cerulean blue. You think. You think I said chartreuse blue. You think he did. And what you don't know is that I started this podcast to say chartreuse blue, so that Stanley Tucci would touch me. That's right. I thought of another name for the movie. What is it? The demons wear Dockers. (laughs) (laughs) All right, take it away, Katie. (laughs) The Devil Wears Prada, directed by David Frankel. Andy, played by Anne Hathaway, is a recent college graduate with big dreams. Upon landing a job at prestigious Runway Magazine, she finds herself the assistant to diabolical editor Miranda Priestley, played by Meryl Streep. Andy questions her ability to survive her grim tour as Miranda's whipping girl without getting scorched. And now, back to the boys. And we're back. Welcome back to the pod. Welcome back to the pod. Something's uh, something's a little bit off, but I can't really tell. I can't either. Huh. I feel well. We're on different sides of the couch. That's right. That's one thing. <laughs> um, yeah, we just feel a little freshened up. Yeah, I don't know. this is a little. Maybe if you're watching a video, you you look nice. Thank you. You look really handsome yourself. I appreciate that. Yeah. Thank you. Hey, you've been getting the video. you've been getting into the the fashion closet. Oof. I yeah. I got I'll tell you to, what. Tooch took me in. Yeah. Before this pod, you were looking a little bit frump frumpy and yeah. a bit of a fat ass. <laughs> <laughs> totally. And after this, totally, pod, you look. Like you're keeping it tight. Hey, thank you. Um, thank you. No, we're we're wearing. I'm, uh, I'm down to a size zero. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we're wearing different clothes. Um, um, all right. So, Devil Wears Prada Part Two. Yeah. What in the hell happened? So we start with the great montage after she gets touched up. We start with another amazing montage. What's the song that's singing? Oh God, it's, it's so uh, good. Oh, what is I, it? It's so frustrating. I, I'm gonna find the song. I, so I, I already forget what it is. Quick heads up. We we were watching this. Uh, we were watching. We watched the second part with Katie. Yeah. She was here to watch it with us, and she said that she had the C the C D? No, she had it on her iPod, the soundtrack. On her iPod and it would jam it while she was walking yes. through New York. Yeah, totally. Yeah, which is like we were talking about this. Such a great way to like live in New York. Yeah. Is to put on headphones. Oh man. But then to this soundtrack yeah. and walk around. But some of the soundtrack in this movie is is literally just like stock audio. Yeah. It's like I'm panicking, running, trying to find Harry Potter. I will say, we did totally notice it was like, and just her scrambling around being like, I gotta get 10 scarves. Dead end here, dead end there. I'll call Mr. Eyebrow. Wait, was it, was the song, um, 
was was it Vogue? Was yes. it Madonna? It was yeah, Vogue. Yeah. <laughs> it's her walking. I can't believe you forgot that. It, it was her walking through Chinatown. It's like. It's everywhere that you go. My next door neighbor, um, his name is Doug Persichetti when I was growing up. So okay. Doug Persichetti, if you're out there. Uh, he, he was the, he was like the kid in the neighborhood that like knew the speaking part from Vogue, you know, <laughs> the one that like, ding, ding, Madeline Monroe, yeah. DiMaggio. Yeah. And like, you know, all of us on the cover of like the magazine parts and yeah. then it would die down and, and freaking Doug Persichetti Dude. would just stand up there. I don't even know if you're alive, Doug Persichetti anymore because <laughs> this was like in first grade and you would just come in with just the speaking part of Vogue as like a Dude. first grader and just crush it. What a great thing. Like what a great thing to have when you're a kid. Like yeah. Something like that, that you're like back pocket, back pocket. Yeah. You're just like, I know I got this. I know that it, at the lunch table mm -hmm. at a birthday party, I can break out the speaking part yeah. of Vogue and everyone's like, he knows it. And it comes in handy like three times in life. Yeah. But like 25 years later, someone will talk about it on a podcast and yeah. that's, that's, that's the third that time it came in handy. That's all that There's another time in high school. Yeah. Okay. So we start out. Andy is walking around uh, to Vogue. We're seeing all her new fabulous outfits. So fab. So fab. Um, and then, uh, and, and like she is now, uh, she goes back to the office yeah. and, and the girls, like everyone knows that Andy now, oh, and Miranda was like, yeah. Miranda gave her kind of the elevator eyes. Yeah. Like Andy's back. Yeah. Yeah. So that happens. Um, she, uh, she, she sees, oh, she comes back and sees her friends, mm -hmm. her friend circle. And, uh, you know, the same deal, like friends her eating friend, in a restaurant. We need to talk about, we need to talk about her friends. friends. Let's talk about this scene. Okay. Let's, as, as I do the, the rough recap, earmark yeah. a few things we're going to talk about. Okay. One of them is her friends her and her friends. boyfriend. Yeah. Um, there's also, Forgive Corey because there was so much that happened in this. There's like this movie, a lot happens. We, yeah, we said this earlier, like there, it's a tightly written movie and it goes, it goes by also, we didn't ever really define this, but we looked it up. It's a, um, it's called a comedy drama film. It's oh, not a romantic comedy. It's okay. a comedy drama, but so much happens because it's like tightly written yeah. and there's a just, dramedy. It's kind of a dramedy. Huh? It's also based off a memoir, sort of, okay. because it's based on that book. But yeah, so she sees her friends and her friends are like, her friends are like, um, you know, how's work? Whoa, look at you. But her friends are kind of supporting her. She gives out all these gifts to her friends, um, you know, of just like yeah. seconds from the Tooch closet. And then uh, and then her and her boyfriend is kind of side eyeing it a little bit. Um, and then her friends hide her phone from her when Miranda calls, which is a real jerk move. And then, um, so she does that getting more into the job, going more into things, um, ends up, uh, going, Oh, she's has to go to all these parties to right. run errands from Miranda at like a moment's notice yeah. to like pick up, pick up things from designers ends up meeting, um, a uh, heartthrob guy. Eyebrows. Eyebrows. <laughs> He's got great eyebrows. Um, it's a uh, Simon. What is the actor's name? Um, Simon Cowell. Simon Cowell. Um, anyway, she meets, she meets him. Um, you can tell there's a little bit of a, he's like a big time journalist and yeah. she's like, she oh has my. like a man crush on his career. She's a man crush on his career. You can tell he's got a, he's got a lady crush on her. Something, something's he's, a brew in there. He is. Uh, Tucci tickled Tucci's work tickled his fancy. If you know what I mean? Absolutely. He's like, I, but he's also like, 
you, oh, you work for Miranda Priestley. You're like, never going to last. You're never going to last. Totally. Which is like challenge issued. Exactly. Gauntlet, Andy. gauntlet thrown. Andy Givenchy will, gauntlet thrown. Andy will pick up that, that gauntlet. Absolutely. How dare you D'Artagnan? <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so then, um, <laughs> dare you D'Artagnan. So then, uh, she's starting to work her way up and then, she is supposed to go to uh, the star of Medellin's uh, birthday party, her boyfriend's birthday party. She's supposed we to go gotta talk about her boyfriend. We gotta talk about her boyfriend. Supposed to go to his birthday party, and and like work is just hard and stuff. Miranda's constantly throwing her curveballs, and then um, Emily uh, Emily Blunt mm-hmm. is getting. She has a terrible cold. She comes into a meeting. She's sneezing a lot, and Miranda's like. Uh, you know, we can't have my other assistant carrying the plague around. Yeah. So she has to end up, uh, Andy has to stay late uh-huh. and has to essentially go to the Met Gala yeah. to be and the other the other bug in Miranda Priestley's ear. They have to yeah. study these and books. Be Gary from Veep, basically. Exactly. Yeah. That's exactly what she has to be yeah. is Gary from Veep. And um and then Emily makes a flub of some guy who's coming up. Like Sender and his wife Sender. Well, no, no, no. She there's the, the Jacqueline who's the French uh the French fashion person that Miranda doesn't like. We who, meet them. You said it was Ghislaine Maxwell. I said that was Ghislaine <laughs> Maxwell. <laughs> I did. I was like, and Ghislaine Maxwell's here uh, somewhere. Uh, Epstein is around this party. Yeah. But uh, no, but the woman that looks like Ghislaine is yeah. there. She plays, a, a, as you know, plays a part later in the movie. But then there's another, like a senator and some woman that he left his wife for. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And Emily yeah. can't remember that. Right. And Andy, Andy swoops in and is just like, that's so-and-so. Yeah. And then um, she, and then she ends up... Um, uh, going to Miranda's house. Yeah. Basically, Emily's like, thank you. And then she goes to Miranda's house and Miranda tells her, uh, I need you in Paris. Yeah. I can't have somebody there. There's one other thing that happened. Oh yeah. I missed this big this. part. Yeah. Go and for that it. That is she gets tasked of dropping off the book at Miranda's place and she accidentally goes upstairs and sees them. The twins. The twins. And her husband. And her husband. And then she sees Miranda and her husband like getting in a little fight. Mm-hmm. So the next day she goes to the office instead of like scolding her, Miranda basically just gives her an impossible task mm-hmm. of getting the unpublished manuscript of of Harry Potter mm-hmm. and her dinner from Smith and Walensky, which was really quality meats mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> yeah. by, by 3 PM. So yeah. Yep. Uh, hilarity ensued hilarity and uh, bumbling music ensued. So much bumbling. So like, but she pulls it off. She pulls it off. That this is like why I think there's a difference between romantic comedy and a dramatic comedy. Because like in a romantic comedy, right, the second act, you are spending developing their relationship. Right. And you can't have a ton of stuff happening other than the two main characters watching their love blossom. Right. If you have a bunch of other shit happening, you're not going to care about their relationship. And when the conflict occurs at the end of the second act or Mm -hmm. third act, you're not going to really care. Right. Like when we did When Harry Met Sally their friendship, their will they, won't they was blossoming the whole time. The whole second act was them. Yeah. Like, yeah. Falling in love, having quirky, fun conversations and, and orgasming in Katz's Deli. Exactly. In this, since there's no romance at the focal point of this movie. Right. You have so much other shit happening. I mean, her career's blossoming, basically. Yeah. Her career and her will they, won't they of, is she going to succeed in this yeah. or not? Like that stuff's blossoming. Yeah. So here are the things that I want to touch on. Okay. I want to go on record and officially retort what we said about this being a genius written movie. Okay. Okay. 
<laughs> I think there's some awful writing and great acting in this movie. Yeah, I would I would say that. I want to talk about her friends. Yeah, I want to talk, talk about her friends. About her boyfriend. Yep. Um, I want to talk about the guy. I want to spend a lot of time talking about the guy's eyebrows. Uh, the the actor's name, by the way, is Simon Baker, and the character's Christian Thompson. Yeah, Christian yeah. Thompson's eyebrows. Yeah, they're perfect. They're like perfect little yeah. mountaintop poofs. <laughs> They're very. They're, like, he's a very beautiful man. Yeah, I wouldn't mind getting him on the pod. You know, he. I wouldn't mind sharing a sleeping bag. He was the guy in The Mentalist. Never seen that. It was a TV show. Um, it. Oh, it's not on anymore. Yeah, he was in The Mentalist. It was like a CBS TV show where it was, you know, like he solves crimes oh. by being a using his eyebrows. Yeah, using his eyebrows exactly. <laughs> he's like, no, don't thread them. You'll take my power. <laughs> Okay, yeah. So we can talk about so we talk about his eyebrows. But the, I think the thing that we because we we had just talked about how great the writing is, yada yada yada, and like there are some, there is some really great writing. The, those monologue scenes are incredible, and the structure of the writing is doing the work of of carrying the story along. But then there was like a couple scenes where like she was like in a boardroom with with like people, and like there was like the, the Stanley Tucci character. If you really listen to the dialogue, was like. So poorly written, but he delivered it so well. Yeah, there's a, a testament to how incredible of an actor he is. Absolutely, he's making things. I know who it was. It was like the designer that she met at the party. The bald dude who is something like to, Hart. He, yeah, he's supposed to be like a Zach Posen type yeah. or something like Alistair that. Hart or something like that. <laughs> yeah, um, his lines were so flat. Yeah, I think the one of them he's like, duh. <laughs> like how do you, I don't know how to deliver duh. In a compelling way. Well, there is a... Th oh, it's it's when he she shows up to the party and he's like, wow, look at that outfit. Leather, hmm, attenuated with a little bit of French on the yeah. side. And he's like, who designed that? And she's like, well, you did. And he just goes, duh. Duh. <laughs> Which, to be fair to him and to pump up the tooch. Pump up the tooch. Pump, pump it, it up. up. Feel that bald head. <laughs> but like... That's a hard line to probably like it's it's written. It's like when you're writing, you would think like this is what a sassy designer would say. Right. Probably when the guy's doing it, it just shows that it's kind of like, I mean, nobody talks like. Yeah. That. But the Tooch makes those lines like when you're right, huh. when you really look at what the Tooch is saying, it's not how a real person would talk, but he makes it work. Yeah. Very well. Totally. Yeah. Um, so we were like really hyped on the writing and it's still like, man, this movie's still just so dang fun. Like, yeah, it is. I, I, I will excuse any like, um, one note characters like that guy, like her boyfriend, which dude, dude, let's, that, let's get into the, let's, what did he say? He was like, he said something about the pork or something like that. It's just like, or were you making fun of him when you said like, no, Oh, I think I was making fun of that. Well, the thing that I was making fun of the pork thing, I made that up. But what I was saying was he, he does this thing where he's constantly like, he's a chef. And so they, anytime they show him the beginning of the scene, he's always just saying something chefy to yeah. let you know, also, this guy's in the trenches of restaurants. Or, like or he has like a French baker hat on. Yeah, like <laughs> exactly. He might as well. I mean, but, he, but like every scene, he's just like, you can't believe. 
This guy doesn't know how to get a fry crispy. Yeah. You got to squeeze the yeah. end of it. Like it's just. No, it's pronounced mortadelle. Exactly. Mortadelle. Like he does say, he really does say like, these French fries, we spent an entire semester on potatoes. And I mean, like maybe, maybe you yeah, did. Probably. I didn't go to culinary school, yeah. but like it's things. I mean, you know me, I, I like cooking. I talk a lot about it and I'm not a chef, but like they had. They just have him. It's like they want to see. He talks like someone that like we don't know. Right. That talks like that. And it's almost like you want to be like, this guy just came from the back table at a restaurant just talking about Japanese steel yeah. with the other chefs. Right. It's like, hey, hey, that guy doesn't even hone his knives. <laughs> but he's always, always doing that. He's yeah. like a very flat character. Yeah, he, he is. And not only is a flat character, he's an enormous baby enormous baby and he is unsupportive yes and he and every single one of her friends are huge dicks they suck assholes across the board they suck there's the scene where she comes in she's she's made up i forget if they like make a make a you know little comment about how she's you know dressing like she is now but then she sits down and they kind of have some good friend time and she just unpacks a swag thousands bag. of dollars of swag bags and that's your friend a two thousand dollar purse by the way that's a really accurate scene and this is like a humble brag about friends in new york but you know like if you have friends in it, when you live in new york you have friends that oftentimes do really interesting shit yeah and you're getting like a lot of swag you're getting like invites to cool places like we have a friend, you know, friend of the pod, Jackie, who is on, e- at, uh, worked for ET. Right. She gets us into like a lot of cool parties. She got me, she me a lot of cool parties. Me and Kevin went to a, uh, went to a release of a new Mountain Dew flavor hosted by the Wu-Tang Clan. Yeah. You know, it's just like you get, you get, and that's just because cool stuff happens. You got and cool so people with cool And so she's doing like a very real New York thing. Right. My boss, Miranda Priestley, doesn't want this $2,000 bag. Yeah. I have all the cool clothes that I need because Tooch is constantly Toochin' me. Dude, you you and Katie um, and Kevin and a couple other friends of the pod got to come to, right before shutdown, got to come to a little party that I got to have that was all a cool New York thing. I That, when we were able to cook a huge pork shoulder and then have... This is just going to be a humble brag. Yeah, humble brag pod. This is just New York brag, but we had two thousand dollars worth of caviar. Yeah, and I say that to be like, we never do that. It's yeah. because it was left over well, from a shoot. My, my favorite part of that about that night is when all of us, after you feeding us, yeah. we all just talked about how awful of a friend you are. Yeah. and cut you down for your career yeah. successes. Totally. Yeah, yeah. I did that, and then you, and then my boss called. And was just asking if we, we played hot potato with you your phone. hot potato with my phone. My boss just wanted to know if you enjoyed the caviar. <laughs> yeah. I couldn't answer it. Yeah, no. We threatened to open the phone in front of your boss. <laughs> totally. It was that actually is Miranda Priestley. Who actually <laughs> in, in real life it actually is Miranda Priestley. Yeah, totally. That's um but uh yeah, I mean that scene where they're throwing her phone around. Dude. And then I will say, okay, let's just say that does happen and people are being jerks. And listen. There are times where I haven't fully asserted myself and I would, I've gone along with things that I later I'm like, oh, that maybe that was kind of mean. Yeah. So I, I feel like her friends got the $2,000 purse. Maybe she did that. Then Andy gets on the phone and her friend is just like kind of rolls her eyes to yeah. her boyfriend. Like, Oh my God, look, she's on the phone now. Yeah. Like what a bunch of, yeah. What a bunch of jerks. Yeah. It's like the, the, you need to squeeze the lemon to get some juice. Yeah. Like if you want the $2,000 bag, let your fucking friend 
have a conversation with her boss. Yeah, absolutely. You sack of shit. I know, totally. We, we said this last night. We were like, this in real life, it would be like her and her boyfriend are going to break up. And then if she stays at this job, it's going to just be like, yeah, those guys are my friends. I don't really see them that much. And then at some point, she's going to realize like, those friends suck. Wait, I have new friends awful. now. Yeah. And then she's going to the Hamptons with the Tooch. Totally. And he's just like, yeah, come out to this crazy party. I'll set you up with a new guy. Yeah. Totally. Eyebrows will be there. Yeah, they'll eyebrows be, are going to be, be there. Like, there'll be a jar full of Molly. <laughs> you can just lick my fingers dry. Absolutely. There's going to be all these... Spin str- around in circles in a nice pool. There's going to be strung out models and Tooch is going to be dressing them in the living room. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Um, yeah. So her friends her, suck. Her friends drive me crazy. And her boy... Let's get to her boyfriend. So she goes to essentially the Met Gala. She which gets is called into the biggest party of the year. One of the um, biggest parties in New York. Yeah. And... A little shame on her for not like, like, you know, I've had to travel before and do work events on Katie's birthday. Right. And this one was last minute. Sure. But I'm sure she could have communicated to him like, hey, leading up to this week is the Met Gala. It's the biggest party of the year for us. I'm going to be busy and occupied. Yeah. I know that your birthday is on March 12th. Mm -hmm. Do you think we could celebrate it on March 21st? Or April 1st. Do you right. think we go upstate April 1st? Right. You could show me the, the cool farms where you get your fr- your potatoes from. Right. We could meet the pigs you're going to so kill. Like, yeah. That's my critique of her. Like, you need to, you need to, to totally like be communicative. But to, for him to know that this was such a big event, and I know it sucks that she got, that she got pulled in and she's stressing that she's late. It's like, what a freaking baby. Yeah. Just sitting there watching TV. He's like watching what, like Jerry Springer reruns or some shit Something like, like that. that. And she, she missed his party. Yeah. But then she, yeah. What a baby. She comes back and she's like, Nate, I'm so sorry. Yeah. And he just, he does the freaking Mopa dope. She, yeah. she walks in with a candle, you know, like he doesn't even give her the courtesy just to be like, didn't even give her the courtesy just to be like, Hey, thanks for the cupcake yeah i'm kind of not in the mood he just kind of just he just like doesn't even smile not even not even a like hey it's good to see you just nothing he's got great puppy dog eyes he does like sad like sad sad dog eyes totally he just kind of looks at her and then he says the shittiest thing yes like i think it would have been one thing for him to be like Hey, that really sucks. I'm not in the mood yeah communication healthy sure the next level would be like Hey, I'm just going to go to bed and like walk out and leave her there. Right. Like that's like a little bit of needle, but then to like walk in the room to turn and look at her and go, you look beautiful. Yeah. And then walk into his room. It's just like, dude, get a life. He sucks. Get a freaking life. You know, you're telling me that like, if you became a, like his goal is to become a successful celebrity chef. Yeah. And like, what would his life look like if he became like a, uh, um, a a good, powerful working chef? Also, think about this, not saying that you, you know, need to use people in your life, but also think about this. Your girlfriend is going through, a, you know, a very tough job. I know it's your birthday. I know you're upset. How about you support her now? And what if you can like cook at a party for Miranda Priestly? Yeah. Like you... You guys could partner yeah, you know somehow? That, you know what that's called? It's called making lemonades out of lemons, Corey. That's right. And as a chef, he should understand that. Yeah. Lemon, water, 
sugar. That's all he needs. That's all it takes, Adrian. Yeah. Instead, he's cutting his own hand and squeezing the lemons into yeah. that. That's, he's, what was he's one of the lines himself. he says? He's like, take care of that cut. Because <laughs> he hey, take care of that finger. Hey, take care of the finger, man. I just, I wish that there were so many scenes where he, he would just get more and more specific. Yeah. And just be like, I just got to know the five mother sauces. <laughs> Dude, we need to, once again, a good project, but I think would kill on socials is if we edited out every single chef line that he has and just oh, cut them. Oh my gosh. Yeah. We should totally do that. That's yeah. not that hard to do. All right, I got write, I got write ourselves. Right, write that down. I'll, I'll write that down. Also, you can do the one that I told you where when she walks in to when she walks into Emily Blunt and the the other like there's like a there's like a German secretary that yeah. is there too or a German assistant and they're making fun of her when when she walks in looking all hot and they Everyone just like, go what yeah I just want to edit in fart sounds and every time so Andy good. walks is like and they're like what. <laughs> <laughs> Did I'm gonna you? I'm gonna text it to ourselves right now. Okay, edit cool. cook oh. <laughs> from edit cook from uh, Prada. We'll know what that means, right? We'll we'll know what that means. Kevin's gonna be like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> Ignore Kevin. <laughs> God, took me two hours to blanch all those vegetables. <laughs> um, other thing that Katie brought up is a really good point. Is okay, so she's leaving the Met Gala on her way out. Uh, eyebrows comes in. Christian eyebrows comes in. Yeah. And which is also kind of funny the way that these things work where, you know, it, it's the same way that sex in the city does it. It shows New York is just like a casual place where you see cool people, which does happen. Yeah. But it's just funny that he's just like casually showing up two and a half hours late to the Met Gala. Yeah. Like he's just like, Oh, sorry. I was downtown covering a big story. I'm like, <laughs> what are you doing? Like what? what? Just get there. You're lucky you're invited. Dude, that is so true. But doesn't it just seem like he's just like, sorry, had dinner for a big scoop. The yeah. gala's still happening? Yeah. It's so stupid. Had to take out an important client. Exactly. Totally. Oh, my God. You're never going to believe it, though. I'm so close to cracking the story on this racket downtown. How's the gala? <laughs> but he does, you know, he does say like, hey, uh, I forget what he's calling her. He keeps calling her Miranda girl or something yeah. like that. But he's like. He's like, why don't you come in? I'll have, I'll, oh, he says like, one of your favorite writers is in here. I read your stuff. It's actually not half bad. Yeah. It kind of negging her a little bit, but being like, you got talent. Right. Why don't you come in here? I'll introduce you to this guy who's like a big editor. And she, you know, she can tell that there's some other vibes going on. Right. But she kind of gives a, I don't know. And then she's like, I'll do it. And then she doubles back and says, I'm not going to do it. Katie brought up a great point where Katie was like, you're late for your boyfriend's birthday. You're already majorly late. Yeah. That is when you just go. Yeah. And if you're in a healthy relationship, you say, listen, I, first of all, like you said, I told you before I'm going to be late. I'm really sorry. I, this is maybe the biggest break I'm going to get. Yeah. And, and I, I took the opportunity and I love you, but you know, I just, I just freaking met like the head yeah. of, uh, and also, I met the head of uh, Deboning Magazine. He, he'd love to talk to you. He'd love to talk to you about, to talk to about you. your extensive potato knowledge. <laughs> anyway, but yeah, she, she brought up a great point. It's like, go. Yeah, go meet, do that. Meet the person. Like, if, if you are in a healthy relationship, yes. then you want what's best for your partner. Right. And like, 
if if Katie had to cancel plans and like miss my birthday party, if there's anything in my life that would help her become like chase her passions and her dreams mm-hmm. and what she wants to do, mm-hmm. like that's a way better birthday present than hanging out with a bunch of negative Nancys. Totally. Giving them free crap. Like go follow your dreams. And if you're with the right person, they'll support that. Absolutely. Every time. Yeah. It's also not like Andy's showing up at friend things all the time, like coked out from work, like hanging out with a bunch of models. She's just working late. Yeah. And and taking important phone calls. Yeah, exactly. And even her dad should under like her dad should understand <laughs> when he's like, we got Chicago tickets. I know. They're really hard to get. No, they're not. They're not Go hard to TKTS and wait in line for 30 seconds. Go to today ticks. Just do it online. Yeah. Kevin will probably be outside spinning a sign selling you tickets. Absolutely. You, Kevin will Kevin will sneak you in the back. That's oh my fine. gosh. Anyway, so yeah, that's that that's some stuff going on there. Um Let's talk about let's talk about the position that she's in where she's starting to do things right. She's bumbling yeah. like crazy and then she's starting to do things right. And then she finds out she's gonna have to scoop Emily and go to Paris. Dude. What do you think about that? That's a tough position to be put in. I mean, it's I don't know how to, I wouldn't know how to approach that. Like, obviously they did a good job with Emily's character. She only cares about Paris. Um, (laughs) Emily and Paris. That's why she's doing this job. Yeah. Um, But Miranda like made it pretty clear. Like not only like, will you lose this job, but I will, I will scorch the earth from any publisher in this industry, you will not work yeah. in your field unless you come to Paris. Yeah. And so at that point, I think you just got to go to Emily and be like, I'm going to Paris. Yeah. You're going to hate me. Yeah. But this is what Miranda said. And this is what she threatened me with. Yeah. And so I feel really bad, but I'm going to do this. Yeah. I think what would probably happen um, in that situation is Miranda or sorry, Emily would, Emily would be mad mm-hmm. absolutely and yeah. it would probably come out of being let down and it would come out of also her own insecurity of like shoot i screwed up and this is why it's happening but like you know how miranda is right like you know that it sucks miranda's manipulative miranda's vindictive also you dropped the ball at it, the met gala absolutely and like miranda I don't care if you've been with her for two years. If you drop the ball, she's looking for the, she knows what she wants and she yeah. wants the best. And you are just now a Charmillion blue. <laughs> Cerulean? Cerulean. Charmander blue? Charmander blue. Is Charmander a Pokemon? Yes. Uh, I love that. I love that I got that. <laughs> um, I, yeah. I think that that's, that's just a hard truth. Yeah. But you know what? It's a I, tough position. I would love to hear like people who are um, like a lot more intelligent and socially intelligent explain how to handle that situation. Because I'm sure there's like an optimal, there's probably like a best practices way. You know, I'll say this. I I would love to hear someone say that too. But I have been in a position where I was working at a place and there was a there was someone I was friends with and we both applied for like a higher job and um and this person was very qualified uh we were both doing really good work and then did you both know you were applying for the same job 
Uh, yes, but right. not because we had talked about it. We just knew through the grapevine. Okay. We so you- knew through the grapevine that, and it would also put us in the place where, you know, it would, it would, it would put us higher than the other one. Okay. And then when, before the job was announced, um, that person came to me, I just got a call at the end of the day one day and it was that person. And, uh, he said, Hey, I just want to let you know, uh, I found out like I'm going to get this job and um, I wanted you to hear it from me. Obviously, you know, I love working with you and I think, you know, your work is great and stuff, but like I wanted you to hear it from yeah. me and I just want you to know, like, you know, it's how it goes, but yeah. I don't want there to be anything weird between us yeah. and stuff like that. And it was great. Yeah. And you know, hearing that handled from like, if, if Andy would have gone to, uh, Emily mm-hmm. in that situation. It's like, I think that's the bigger thing right. is, to, is to do that. I really appreciate it with when, when that person. Yeah. Did that was great. That, that's a good way of handling it. Yeah. I did tell him, I was like, you will never work for any other publication. <laughs> you, Trust me. I will you drag will. your name through the mud. Yeah. Um, yeah. What do you got? I, I'm looking up, I'm looking up some, um, some, are you looking up the spoken word parts to Vogue magazine <laughs> so you can compete with Doug Persichetti? Totally. Um, no, I'm looking for some good, uh, good like trivia. Oh, um, let's see. I I wish that we we'll we'll have to see if we can maybe put up the Anna Wintour David Letterman thing. I would love to see that. Yeah, um, I mean, one thing it says. So when they were writing this, um, when it became a bestseller upon publication, that's her book. Um, elements of the plot were incorporated into the screenplay. Most of their inspiration, um, most took their inspiration from Ben Stiller in Zoolander and primarily satirized the fashion industry. But, um, but I guess that she, I guess that like, wait, can you explain what you just read? The author of the memoir took her inspiration from Derek Zoolander. (laughs) Hang on. Cause like. Hang on, no, no, that's no. a big stretch. I always thought that this movie was about Anna Wintour, and if it's really about Derek Zoolander, no, hang on, keep and Mugatu. What is this a, a school for ants, dude? I wish that they did that. We need to do Zoolander, dude. That's a funny movie. Work on a screenplay started promptly before Weisberger had even finished her work when it became a bestseller upon publication. Elements of the plot were incorporated into the screenplay in progress. Most took their inspiration from the 2001 Ben Stiller film Zoolander. Who's most? Is that the author? No. I I, I think that's just people. Hold on. Okay. Um, primarily satirized fashion industry, but it was still not ready to film. Elizabeth Gabler, later head of production at Fox, noted that the finished novel did not have a complete narrative since there wasn't a strong third act in the book. We need to invent that. I think they're just saying that like at that time people were just satirizing the fact. Got it. Oh, so most isn't everyone. Yes. And they were, got it. They were saying, no, we need crisis averted. (laughs) Holy cow. I love Zoolander. I love it. If you were telling me that this movie was about, uh, La Tigra and Ferrari. Dude. And, uh, blue Blue steel. steel. Yeah. Man, yeah, no. So funny. But I do think that kind of says like this movie more than Zoolander, more than a lot of other fashion scenes. Like this movie 
was trying to kind of get it right. Yeah. Of like what the fashion industry was like. And Sex and the City probably did it a little bit with Carrie's cookie uh, line or storyline. But this movie was trying to get it right in a Hollywood way. Got it. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Egg cookie. Egg cookie. Hate that guy. Uh, dude, maybe he's a chef too, and he, or he's a baker, and that's it. That's their way of <laughs> saying that he, you know, he works at Levon Bakery. Egg uh, cookie. Egg cookie. Hey, um, I will say this. Okay, you you brought this up. Oh no. Y- you brought it up before we'd even watched it. Okay. I think from just what you remembered. There's so many fat shaming jokes in this, and there's so, so there's so many in the second, so, so many, many in the second, it's in the, insane, so many in the second act, right? But Katie said she lost a bunch of weight, like from the beginning of the movie to the end of the movie, she like lost a ton of weight. Wait, that's not just them doing like different outfits. She actually lost weight. I don't know. I, I'm. It's hard for me to tell the sizes of of people. Right. It's like you know, like when when you're like. uh our age now and there's like kids uh-huh. and you're like i'm not sure if you're like five or six yeah. or ten like yeah. you don't really know yeah since i'm so tall i i feel that way with height like i have no idea how tall anyone is that's less than me uh-huh. and also i'm way more than most people because i'm so tall mm-hmm. same thing with like weight i have no idea what anyone weighs okay i know what i weigh but like like if it's less than me then i don't know and yeah. i can't tell the difference does that make sense? That totally makes sense. I, I mean, I it, height makes so much difference in weight. And like, I don't know. I have no idea how much you weigh. Yeah. And I know how much I weigh, but I also think I weigh totally different than someone who's my height because we just have different body yeah. makeups. Yeah. Um, well, so the there's a lot of fat jokes in it. Um, but basically, the I think the producers or the directors had... Um, uh, Aileen McKenna, the woman that wrote it, they had her take out a lot of the meanness from Miranda. Um, That's interesting. Well, but then when Meryl Streep got cast, they added it back in because I think she was so good at doing it. And she said her main influence for the insults in the dialogue was Don Rickles. The writer said that Don... So that's like all the stuff that Stanley Tucci is saying. Yeah. All the stuff that... uh, all the stuff that Streep is saying, it's like coming from like a Don Rickles roasting kind of thing. And they put the meanness back in. Interesting. Yeah. I do love the scene where like, um, it's like, I don't know what the, what like you would call the style of the scene. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's like Chuchi is explaining to Andy what is going to happen when Miranda watches uh, like a new collection. Mm. And he's like, one nod means yes. Two mod nods means like disaster. Like an eye roll means they missed it and like a pursing the lips. Right. It's and, it's over. Yeah. And like he's telling her that before, but then we watch it occur as he's telling her that. Mm-hmm. And that shit's fun. Yeah, totally. It's like when, when people clap in songs. I love that. Don't know what it's called, but when you have like good clapping. Do you mean just like part of the music when they just clap? Yeah. I think it's just called claps. It could be, but whatever that is, it's, it's, I love a good clap in a song. Can you name a song that no, had a good clap? Don't put me on the spot like that. I'm trying to think if my Sharona does. No, but I'll, I mean, I'll, as soon as we're done, I'll just look up like top clapping song. Yeah, totally. I'm going to try to think of one. Um, okay. There's also something they said in the writing. Um, Maybe she, Cold Heart Bitch. What song is that? By Jet. Is that the. 
Uh, only song I know by Jed is "Are You Gonna Be My Girl?" I said one, two, three. What you got? Is there clapping in that song? I'm not sure. I love Jet. Seems like a clapping. I just know when I hear clapping in songs, I get really into it. it seems like there's got to be clapping in a Bruce Springsteen song. Yeah. Choral clapping. <laughs> What's that? I'm just putting musical words together and hoping he, hoping uh, something sticks. Okay, hang on. Two things. One, two they, things. Two things. One, they put a lot of thought into the writing and had the most discussions um, about Andrea's boyfriend Nate. <laughs> she likened his role in the story to that usually played by a male protagonist, to that usually played by a male protagonist's girlfriend or wife who regularly reminds him of the responsibility. So if the roles were flipped, she reminds that he's supposed to be kind of like a nagging wife. And then it says, we wanted to make sure he wasn't a pain in the ass, but is the person who is trying to say, is this who you want to be morally? So I think swing and a miss. Totally. Like, I think that he does come across as like, or I think it does come across that he's like, you're not, you're not being who you really are, but yeah. he is a jerk the way he does it. I wonder what, how they could have done that differently. That is interesting, but like. It's like he's not, but he doesn't come across as a sympathetic moral compass. Yeah. What is she doing that's immoral? Mm. I think that he's saying, well, good point. I think that, it, I think that it is like you were this person that didn't care about fashion and you cared about. What does that journal- have to do with morals? That has to do with like. Well, no, what I was going to say though, is that he is like, you didn't care about fashion. You cared about like journalism. Now you're. Now you're getting caught up in something that doesn't matter. You're getting caught up in something that is like fleeting. It's just fashion. You're like, what is fashion? It's not real work. Like, I think that's what he's saying. I just think like, like, I think it would have been so much more interesting if she was, if her moral compass was eroding, if she was like lying or stealing or cheating to get ahead. Mm-hmm. And he totally. called her on that. Yeah. Then he would be that moral compass and it would be way more interesting. Instead, he's just like, you answer your phone when your boss calls and you go to the Met on my birthday. And he's just a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> he is. No, you're right. I think there is a thing where he has this idealized thing of, it's not even just like, you got this big shot and you're, you, you're going to try to make it. Yeah. It's more that he has this thing where he's like, you're selling out who yeah. you really are, but like not in a way, but it's Maybe like, why did you learned move? about the fashion industry? And I think it's interesting and she's not selling out. She's proving to herself that she can do the impossible. Mm-hmm. Like it isn't, it is, it is literally impossible to succeed as Miranda Priestley's assistant. Totally. She says in the beginning of the movie, yeah, if I can just stick this out for one yeah. year, then I'll have, I can go wherever I want to go. And as of now, I don't remember how this movie ends, but as of now, all she is doing is doing a really hard job. Well, and proving to a very opinionated person that she can do bomb ass work. Yeah. And it's like, dude, go back and friggin' tread some kale. You boner. Dude, we spent an entire spring semester on kale. And I get it. I watched Hero Dreams of Sushi. I know that you can spend like seven years learning how to cook rice. Yeah, but that's but if like, you're a Japanese sushi master. That's not if you're like working. Squeezing a greasy bar potato. Like yeah. Talk like. Come on. Tooting your own horn how much you studied it. Go get a lie. Gosh, I, he's my, he's the biggest villain in any movie ever. 
<laughs> he makes me feel worse about myself than Midsommar did. Wow. That's saying something. Can you separate the art from the artist in this? Does it make you feel even worse about Adrian Grenier, however you say his name? Or does I, it? Or? I, I told you, I liked, I love, um, Entourage. I watched Entourage. Yeah. I'll watch it again probably one day. Maybe not. I bet it didn't age super well, but <laughs> I might be, I might hate Adrian Grenier now. He really, every time I think of his name, I think of Garnier Fructis, the shampoo. Adrian Garnier Fructis. Uh, he does play that kind of smarmy, smarmy boyfriend. Like yeah. he does, he, he, he's like an Uncle Jesse type. Like it seems like he, it seems Uncle like when Jesse ripped and he sucks. Yeah, that's true. But he does. Yeah, that's true. But he has he has it's like a sucky Uncle Jesse. It's like when she walks in, it seems like when she would walk in her new clothes, he would just be like, have mercy, (laughs) mama. Oh, mama, have mercy. You know how like Uncle Jesse was obsessed with uh, Elvis? Who would like an Uncle Jesse be obsessed with now? Like, Like, who is there like a. Like a current Uncle Jesse, like Uncle Jesse 2022. Elvis of like the 1990s. Um, like, was there someone in pop culture in the last thirty years that like people? How old is Uncle Jesse that you're talking about? What is his age? Uncle Jesse in in Full House is like thirties, thirties, and that took place in like the night, the late early nineties. Would he? And he's idolizing someone that was around in the sixties. I mean, but does it does it make sense with time, or would this would this guy just be like into James Dean? I think they'd be in the like six nine. <laughs> would it be like Drake? It would be great if it was six nine. Dude, he's just he's got the crazy braids. Yeah. He just looks cool. Just living with your living with your nieces in, in San Francisco with like rainbow dreads. <laughs> have you have you seen tattoos? Have you seen the show Reservoir Dogs? Yeah. You know the the, Wait, the um, show or the movie? The show. No, I've seen them. No, no, no. Sorry. Reservation Dogs. No. Reservation Dogs. Reservoir Dogs was the Tarantino movie. Tarantino movie. This is Reservation okay. Dogs. No. That's great. There's a, a guy, there's a dad in that that is dressed like 6 9 <laughs> It's so great. Um, thank you so much for joining us on this adventure. We're going to finish the movie next time. Yeah, we are going to finish uh, the, the Devil Wears Prada. Mm-hmm. We're going to come back with some more hot takes. We're probably going to talk more about how much we hate the boyfriend, yep. how much we love the eyebrows. <laughs> That's right. And other wild shit like getting tooched. Get tooched. Later, taters. Later, taters. We spent an entire semester on taters. <laughs> the Bradshaw Boys stars Corey Cabin, Kevin James Doyle, and John Sieber. The show is produced by me, Jeremy Balin, and narrated by Katie Sieber. This podcast is part of the Seltzer Kings Network. Check out all their great podcasts at seltzerkings.com. You can find the boys on their socials at The Bradshaw Boys or on their website at bradshawboys.com. And as always, if you see them in the street, tip your glass. Thanks for listening. Seltzer Kings Podcasts.